1: Now, here's the host of Love Never Fails Radio, founder and executive director of Love Never Fails, Vanessa Russell.
3: Thanks and welcome to Love Never Fails Radio. We are in the studio today with a very special guest, Jennifer Bautista. She is uh, just a leader in the community that is doing wonderful work uh, with newcomers and trauma, uh, people who have been impacted by trauma at One Life Counseling. And some of her philosophy, she says that it's the hardest step to get yourself to seek help. And so she's here to help us Uh, As we as any of us here in the community might be thinking about taking the next step into the healing process. Jennifer is a marriage and family therapist trainee who recently graduated from University of San Francisco. Uh, She's looking to become an associate and getting hours to become licensed, completing her undergraduate at San Jose State and uh, graduating with a bachelor's in psychology and a minor in child and adolescent development. Again, her focus is really to provide uh, the newcomer and trauma program or to support the newcomer and trauma program at One Life um, over the last three years and serving immigrant students and their families who are adapting to a whole new world and also who have experienced trauma. And she's working with couples, families, children, and teens of all ages. Um, She's got experience running groups for grades two two to eight years old and working in in school-based settings. Um, And a few other really important things outside of her work life. She is uh, someone who walks her three dogs and spends time with her fiance, her family, and her friends. Welcome to the show, Jennifer.
4: Thank you so much Vanessa. I'm I'm happy to be here. Yeah. So,
3: well, you and I met um or I I was connected with one uh, one life counseling um through the East Palo Alto Against Human Trafficking Coalition that has is newly formed mm-hmm. and is um you know, I'm I'm actually super uh, excited and amazed by how much traction we've we've had in um, in in East Palo Alto um, and in San Mateo County um, in the fight against human trafficking, just in a few short months, we've really um, spun up this coalition, and we um, have a three-prong focus at the moment, which in, 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 is in really a three-prong focus around awareness, around public safety, and around education and Um, I was really pleased to be connected with One Life as part of that coalition to provide counseling services to people, um, in particular youth and families that are predominantly Spanish-speaking in the community that may either be at risk or currently dealing with the issue of human trafficking and needing mental health services. And so, I'm so grateful to you all for stepping in and offering to be of support. Um uh, we were out at St. Francis Assisi, um did a, an awareness event with 800 family 800 individuals and um and that was just last month and you know many of those individuals that came forward needed some kind of aftercare, some kind of mental health services. And so just to know that we have a partner to do that is really reassuring and, and I'm super grateful for that. So, so, tell Jennifer, um, like why, you know, why this field? Why is this a personal um, passion of yours? What led to that?
4: Yeah, and, and thanks, for, thanks for inviting me here. I think One Life Counseling Center, not only are we just so grateful, but we also know the need. The need is so high. It's been... You know, over the past three years that I've been with One Life Counseling Center, I've just seen the need grow, especially with COVID. After COVID, everything just kind of skyrocketed, and um, we really saw that the need was there. And I'm so happy as a Latina that I could be here today talking about the community that I'm serving. It's a little background of my story. So I actually came here when I was six years old. I came from Guatemala um my parents brought me over for a for a better life so myself I actually um I'm an immigrant um I was a newcomer and so I that's why I have so much passion in working with all these youth these families because I know a little bit about what they're going through um of course everybody experiences something differently but I definitely can can use my story as a bridge when we when I am talking about mental health so when I came um when I was six years old I came into the school system it was the hardest thing I've kind of experienced just coming from a different country not knowing English I was being bullied um at that time I remember there was no teachers that spoke in Spanish and so I was in a fully um, English speaking classroom at that time and so it was really hard for me my parents didn't know English my dad knew very minimal um so he was always supporting me as much as possible but they they didn't really know English so how were they really supposed to support me so just throughout my journey here. Um, my parents really supported me. They encouraged me to learn English, but they came with a lot of barriers. We always had a, a fear of deportation, like a lot of these immigrant families had. So coming, um, you know, we ended up being accustomed to being here. But when I entered high school, I was a freshman, and this is, it feels like it was just yesterday. Uh, my dad got deported. It was in the middle of the night. They were actually on their way to a church, um, a church prayer group at night that they would do and my dad and my mom left one night and my mom came back when i woke us up and said that they had um they were waiting for my dad outside it was two big vans waiting for my dad outside and and they took him so that's kind of when my life changed because i was just starting high school as a teenager i was a freshman and it was one month after my quinceanera and so it was very 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 hard for me once my dad left it impacted us so much i have an older brother and I also have an older sister, so I was the youngest. Um, they both had to um, pause school. So they were both going to school at that time. And my brother had to really just work full time um, because my dad was our main provider. And so when my dad left, when they deported him, my mom, um, it affected my mom, it affected my brother, my sister, myself. I actually started working at a grocery store in, in Belmont um, at that age. And so I was missing a lot of school events because of that. Um, And I really went into depression, but because I come from a background where we don't talk about mental health, it was really hard. It really hit me. I didn't really need to know what was going on with my body, with my brain, with with my mental health um, until someone at my high school, I went to San Mateo high school, someone at my high school really believed in, believed in me and knew that I wanted to do something more with my life. And from freshman year, he just took me by his wing, um, showed me what mental health really was and changed my life and encouraged me every single step of the way until I got into college. I got into San Jose and then I went to University of San Francisco. And now I can say I'm a Latina with a master's degree. So it all goes back to that. It all goes back to that counselor that helped me. Mm-hmm.
3: Wow. Well, I just want to say I'm so sorry that you went through that, and um, you know I could cry just thinking about how that was, you know, for you right before your quinceañera to have your dad ripped away from your family. Never mind the financial instability that it brought to the entire family, but um, to um, to just be separated from your dad. Just I don't. I can't even. You know, I, I wasn't raised with my dad, so I don't, you know, I I I but that bond, you know, of 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 having a, a parent that you rely on and you look to and just, oh my gosh, I'm so sorry. But um I am so grateful and so proud of you for um putting a stake in the ground, getting your masters, overcoming that challenge. And you and your siblings and your family are just extremely resilient. So thank you for sharing that um and then you know i want to talk about though the mental health the mental
4: anguish and the
3: and 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 this has a real this is really serious for the listening audience i want them to hear this because this kind of interruption of the family unit this kind of interruption um uh, that makes a, a a young daughter a 15 year old vulnerable to human trafficking To human trafficking can be easily preyed upon. And I I only say this because I've seen it time and time again. And so I want to kind of draw that out. I want people to hear this. There's a connection here between this kind of um, situation and human trafficking. Um, And so we'll we'll talk a little bit um, in our next segment. We're going to take a quick break and we'll come back. And thanks for listening to Love Never Fails Radio.
1: For more information on this program, visit loveneverfailsus.com. That's loveneverfailsus.com. We'll be right back with
2: more right after
1: these messages where you will find peace in your daily life through the teachings of Jesus. Welcome back to Love Never Fails Radio, where you are invited to turn your compassion into action and love those in your midst. Now here's the host of Love Never Fails Radio, Vanessa Russell.
3: And welcome back to Love Never Fails Radio. We again are in the studio today with Jennifer Batista. She is an MFTI with One Life Counseling, um, which is based out of the San Mateo County area, um, providing support to newcomers and those who have experienced trauma. Um, again, serving predominantly uh, many immigrant families and, uh, and students and really offering them an opportunity at a new life, at a uh, safer life, a calmer life, a more fulfilled life. And we um, were just talking about why Jennifer does what she does and and how that maps uh, those kinds of difficult scenarios, such as your own personal scenario, Jennifer. Um map into being vulnerable to things like human trafficking and other types of crimes um, against vulnerable people. And so um, just thinking a little bit more, you know, you talked about you got depressed and you talked about how someone helped you find your way out of that depression. Um, You know, I, you know, heaven forbid that this happened. But if that person had another agenda that helped you, that counselor, if that Person said, hey, here's a way that you can solve some of your issues. How How depressed were you and how, you know, how vulnerable were you? Do you think you would have been susceptible to something like human trafficking or some kind of drugs or alcohol or things like that?
4: Yeah, of course. I think that a lot of teens, and I, I'm using my story because it relates to and it. And I love how you're bringing this up because a lot of teens, I mean, I, I'm speaking at that age, right? When I was a teenager. I was very vulnerable at that time. I was thinking in my head, this is unfair. Uh, Again, I didn't even know what mental health was before my counselor came along. Um, I think what really helped me not only that was my siblings, but if it wasn't for that, I've, I've worked with so many different teenagers that they become very vulnerable when something happens to them it doesn't have to be deportation but it can be something in the family that changes something in their mental health that shifts and they're not sure how to handle that and so and they don't have they might not know the resources there's resources out there for sure but they don't know about them and so they they are in this vulnerable spot that leaves them very vulnerable and what happens is that alcohol comes right mm-hmm. there's other things that kind of can come up um you know like sexual trafficking, sex mm-hmm. trafficking. I'm so sorry. And there's different things like that that can come up for them. And it's this open door that leaves them with this wide, wide opportunity of you know, it's like a coping skill for them. And a lot of times when I'm working with these teenagers, they use this as a coping skill um, sometimes for sex trafficking, right? They, this is a way out for them, even though they don't know that, right? Sometimes they don't, they're not aware of what it is. And a lot of the parents, they say, it's not going to happen in my city. It's not going to, and I remember um, recently I've, I've had a few clients around that, right? I, this is not going to happen in my city. And what happens, the sex trafficking comes along and it does happen in your city. And what happens, happens after that? They're not sure what to do because there's not a lot of resources out there. So I love how Love Never Failed really is is navigating, just educating in the coalition that we are building. Um, in this situation that we want to educate more teens about this we want to have these uncomfortable conversations because of that latina in our culture this is taboo this is not really talked about so this is a a conversation that is not really being brought up but when it happens in their city that's when everybody starts questioning what's going on what can i do and it might it might be too late and it might not be late and so now we're in the situation where we want to we want to address this more um and i think the as Latina I want to hear more about these stories and I want to see how we can kind of tie that into mental health and we can provide more support for these families that are really going through this yes yes and you know uh, for me just what got me started
3: in East Palo Alto was one family one family where mom did not speak English and was undocumented mom and dad um, trying to make their way with their family um, you know, uh, their their all their kids went to college, um, did really well, and their middle daughter was having some challenges. And someone um, assaulted her, and um, and put her for sale, and basically uh, said, "Well, um, what are your parents going to do about it? Like, are they going to call somebody? You know, they, they have no no power. They have no right." Say anything; they're here illegally, Mm -hmm. and um, was very flamboyant and brandish about um, taking advantage of this then sixteen-year-old, actually fourteen-year-old child, and you know, and and that's that was the beginning of my time. You know, I mean, I I have a a you know another personal history in EPA, but just in terms of my LNF work, it's like this is. Really alive and well in a place where 70% of the population is Latino, and um, and 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 many of the Latinos that are in EPA are are experiencing severe rent burden. They're renters. The you know the cost of living has gone up exorbitantly because of the dot com influence in that area where the where the houses that the owners are. Able to charge more for their you know their houses right because it's considered prime real estate now, and so you know there's really a perfect storm happening there. Um, A few things that just for the listening audience to think about: um, Digital Commons did a study, and there was one of the young ladies who was a teenager. She was asked about you know why she would get involved in human trafficking, and you know, and she basically said, you know what, I'll do whatever. Whatever my my dude says, as long as he keeps telling me I'm important, mm-hmm. and sometimes that's all that people need to hear is that they're important. Do you see that, Jennifer, as you're counseling? You know, I know you 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 can't you know just in general terms. You know, uh, do you see that as you're counseling vulnerable people that the motivation can be something is not even tangible like food or housing or a, a Gucci purse. It's Mm -hmm. just
4: being told you're loved. Mm -hmm. Do you see that? Venice. I saw it today. I saw it this morning. I I mean, I see this every single time I do counseling every single day, at least once with, I work at a school. I also um, have my private paid clients. um, And I have a very diverse, like you mentioned at the beginning, I have a very diverse um, caseload, but I see this a lot happening in teens where they're not being seen. They're not being heard. I mean, they're in my, they're in my office crying. Like as soon as I even just allow that space for them and i tell them this is a safe space for you to just let it out, and you just see the emotions that are in them, right? And that—that's kind of that vulnerability door that opens up, where they're not being seen, they're not being heard, uh, maybe they're not even being loved by the people they're supposed to be loved. And so they grab that on, and then they go and find it somewhere else because we want to fill that void as humans, right? Sometimes it's—we it, want to avoid it, but it's impossible. We're humans, and we want that love. We want—we want to we feel validated and heard.
3: Yeah. Now, when 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 people uh, aren't seen and loved, I want to I want to make sure that don't feel seen and loved. You know, I want to make sure that I highlight a few things. Some of these parents are working so many jobs to try and keep the roof over their heads that it's easy for the child to feel unseen and unloved. Right. Not because it's true, but it's it's because the parent isn't available. Right? Do you do you do you sometimes help them with re? I don't know what kind of uh, style or you know yeah. methods you use, but do you help them reframe some of the that that in your counseling time? Actually, before you answer that, okay, let's take a quick break because I want to dig into this. Yeah. I want to talk about the 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 mindset of someone who is feeling vulnerable because this might be listening right now and say, you know, my family, my parents don't love me. You know, they're never, they're never here for me. And maybe you have some words of wisdom for them. We're going to come right back to Love Never Fails.
1: To join in the fight for love, visit loveneverfailsus.com. Don't go away. Love Never Fails Radio will return right after these messages from our sponsors.
5: This is Dr. Meluna Fausch.
1: Now, here's the host of Love Never Fails Radio, Vanessa Russell.
3: And welcome back to Love Never Fails Radio. We again are in the studio today with Jennifer Bautista. She is uh, one of the marriage and family therapist trainees uh, over at One Life Counseling in the San Mateo County area. And we have just been talking about, um, you know, uh, Jennifer's personal reason for doing this work and then how any kind of disruption in the family can make one vulnerable to human trafficking and just kind of mapping back now into what what do you say how do you comfort someone who feels unseen unheard unloved Mm -hmm. what do you think there
4: yeah my approach is looking at it uh from a viewpoint where i i see them in a holistic way so i view them from all their life right i get to know them and i you know once once i get to know them and their family dynamics because like you mentioned earlier in um earlier vanessa that some of these parents they don't have that privilege of being able to spend some time with their with their kids so they have one job they have two jobs some immigrant families maybe mom is back in their country. Maybe dad is back in their country. So we have one parent who's trying to do their best. And sometimes we don't see that, right? We, we only see that the child is, is feeling unseen, unheard and loved, but we don't really know the backstory. So once, and I always say this, every single person has a story, hmm. so, so you know, whatever they're doing in their life, right? Sometimes they label kids as the bad kid, as someone who's not listening, they, they put labels on our youth and that really affects them because then that's also a way that they don't they're not feeling hurt they're not they have sometimes this imaginary sign that says please hear me out hear my story but because we're not hearing them out then that's when they find other uh, other opportunities that might be easier for them to just take because they feel seen and heard so as long as as a therapist as long as I'm in the space where I'm open ears I have this safe space in my therapeutic room that I'm giving them the opportunity to tell their story to tell their side whether they're feeling angry, how does that look like for them, whether they're feeling sad, talking about that stigma around mental health, giving them tools and techniques that they can use so that that they can they can still accomplish everything that they need to accomplish by feeling hurt and see even if maybe parents are not available, um, and of course giving them resources out there, whether it's mentors or anything like that that they can be able to kind of help them guide them. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah,
3: I, um, I love that, you know, you're you're providing a alternative to what could be out there that will listen and say that they're the safe place to run to, right? You can you providing, you're providing an alternative to that. And um, just being willing to listen half the time is, is, uh, is all anybody needs. some of the things too um just thinking a little bit further about um the the barriers that one might experience language barriers is one of them and i often the way i um empathize there is i try to imagine myself i speak spanish so that wouldn't be uh fair i mean I, it's spanglish it's not that great but anyway it's good enough i can go to an, a spanish speaking country and i can get along just fine but if i were to go to russia and bring my children there Mm -hmm. it would be a one rough time uh because i just don't have any point of reference i i know but babushka and honey bomb that's it those (laughs) (laughs) and um and so you know the the point is is that how would my children feel if i brought them over to another place Mm -hmm. like russia and they don't know the food the culture they don't know the language, you know um, the the characters. They're not. I mean, they're. I can't even relate to the characters at all, and um, even begin to guess what's going on, right? And then they find somebody in that country that speaks English. Mm-hmm. How much influence would that person that speaks English? have over you know in their life either for good or for bad how much influence would they have when they feel like they're lost in a sea of 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 you know not knowing anything and so i i would imagine it feels something like that as a newcomer yeah you know to come and not know the culture the food the streets the language is it Is that another element that we have to consider
4: as well, not just the familial makeup? Mm -hmm. Yeah, of course. And, And again, a lot of the newcomers that I work with and just in general, a lot of them leave something. So sometimes we talk about grief and we talk about someone actually dying. Right. But grief doesn't mean that someone has to die or pass away. Grief has so many meanings around that. And we went, when we open that topic up to a lot of newcomers, a lot of them say like, I, I'm I'm grieving because I lost, you know, I I left my home behind. And when they come here to a new country, this might not be their home. Yeah, this is where they live, but they leave so much behind. They leave right now during the holidays is really tough for them because they they miss either. They left mom behind dad, they left. A lot of them have left siblings behind uh, grandparents. So they're definitely grieving in some sort of way. And we don't understand, like, especially when they come into the new school system, how much that affects. How are you going to be in a classroom? and with an english-speaking teacher how are they going to understand that they're not going to understand that we have a lot of newcomers who don't have don't have newcomer teachers so they're going period from period to period in different classes with not understanding a thing so sometimes when 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 maybe the school comes and, and talks to parents and says hey you're 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 Your student is behind um, or your child is behind, but they don't understand the full picture of that. Right. That parents might not even be be here. They might even be with other guardians. It might not even be mom and dad. Maybe they're with grandma or with aunt here. And so there are so many things around that in their environment that they don't understand that we don't we don't really understand unless we sit down and talk to them that there's mm. so many things behind that that is affecting them and we're not giving them voice a lot of the times mm. and that's the empowerment that you know I, i'm hoping to give and that i i like to give my newcomers and their families yeah oh yeah that's so good it's it's
3: it's um just letting them be be honest right and, and be real about their their how they feel so oftentimes you know one thing i i've noticed in being you know a person of color that has a lot of trauma in in, in my background and, and being around others, Latino and black individuals um, that have experienced and white and just uh, just people who have experienced a lot of trauma. Seems like those families that have experienced a lot of trauma, we've been taught to just suck it up and move on, you know, just suck it up, deal with it. Life's tough. Come on, pull pull your, pull, pull yourself up. Let's get it together and um and it it's made for very resilient i think i'm i'm, I'm very resilient but i got to stop at times and go hey let me check in with me am i okay am i feeling all right do, does this make me feel healthy safe comfortable you know uh so it seems like that's what you do you kind of ground people yeah jennifer
4: yeah and we really talk about the the stigma around that because a lot of a lot of even the teens not even children but we start from the beginning like what are emotions what's mental health um you know how do you feel that in your body because a lot of the times we're not being taught that and again and and it's this these generational patterns right like and i i look at it from a standpoint where i don't blame the parents because those parents were taught by their parents and then and then it's this generation patterns that come up right and 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 i tell the parents and the families that I talk to let's break those patterns let's yeah. talk more about mental health let's have these uncomfortable conversations that might have been taboo in the past but they're no longer I mean these are problems like human trafficking so real that are coming up like let's have these conversations and let's educate our our teens and our youth
3: yeah you know I think traffickers are depending they're relying on and the reason why they're real successful in the BPOC community, is because of the of the in, uh, the unwillingness or the cultural resistance to asking for help. And the more that we don't ask for help, and we we live in shame, which is never ours to bear. It's not ours. It's not our fault that we're getting exploited and we're getting abused and stuff like that. That's not your fault. But you know, we've we've we we made that mean something about us and then right and then and now and now get to take advantage of that and keep us quiet and silent and stuck. All right, well we're going to take a quick uh break. We're going to come back. I want to talk about another element of, you know, being latino and, you know, and 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 some of the stereotypes um that we also are, you know, trying to war against around body type, around um, you know, just over centralizing. Um, a a Latina in our community, in our our lyrics, in our movies, in all of the above, and I want to get your take on how that is affecting people from a mental health standpoint. We'll be right back, and thank you for listening to Love Never Fails Radio.
1: For more information on this program, visit loveneverfailsus.com. That's loveneverfailsus.com. We'll be right back with more right after these messages. Now, here's the host of Love Never Fails Radio, Vanessa Russell.
3: And welcome back to Love Never Fails Radio. We, again, are in the studio today with Jennifer, just having a great conversation about um, the ways in which various barriers and challenges that um, the Latino community faces, and in particular, people who are uh, monolingual, Spanish-speaking, or newcomers, or people who have experienced a lot of trauma, might experience um and and how that might make someone vulnerable to human trafficking um a one of the things i wanted to highlight here in this segment is that race is a vulnerability factor for human trafficking um sad to say uh, there was a there was a study that was done by um georgetown um, and they they queried Four girls, three of them were black, one Latina, and asked them questions about themselves over a period of time. And what they found is um, there was a theme of them feeling these four individuals um, were feeling unattractive and unimportant based on the ways that they were being connected to or connected with either at home or in society. Um, they lacked examples of healthy relationships, these four individuals. And they um, had experienced early childhood sexual abuse. And they also, um, they were flattered by romantic gestures in an abusive relationship. Um, They gained confidence by dating people that were older, of higher social status. and, um, And these were people that had been trafficked these four individuals had been trafficked. And so they they noticed this, this trend amongst these four girls. Now, this isn't scientifically, I mean, it's four individuals, but I thought it was an interesting data point and one that is reinforced by other larger bodies of work, such as that which is done by West Coast Children's Clinic that says youth of all ethnic backgrounds are susceptible to human trafficking, but girls of color are exploited at disproportionate rates. And so wanted to ask you, you know, do you find that there is, um, there are some challenges in particular when talking about teens and how uh, teen girls, how they want to be accepted and how they are personified in our world, some of the stereotypes, do you find any of those challenges coming up in your clinical sessions?
4: Yes, I do, especially now that social media is so available. We have TikTok, we have Instagram, uh, we have more than we used to have before. And and now I see a lot of girls and especially we're talking about teen girls, they're seeing social media as this platform where they're looking up celebrities. They might be looking over to peers that might be looking a certain way. And now it's not even just about, oh, I, I wanna be skinny. Now it's about looking at all shapes and sizes and some wanna be a little more thin some of them want to gain a little bit more weight we're seeing a lot of eating disorders come up because of this right that that they want to look a certain way and they have these expectations of how they should be looking like for a, a for their partner and so when it comes to healthy relationships i feel like a lot might come up for me in in my sessions with these teenage girls because they don't some of them don't know what a healthy relationship might look like maybe they they come from a home where there's a lot of trauma um, base work um, that we have to do. And when we look back at their relationship um, that their parents might have or that models whoever their models were in their life and now where we're looking at present, some of them even adult adult women that I'm seeing now and I ask them about their relationship they say I'm not sure why I keep getting someone who's abusive I'm not sure why I keep dating men like this and, and this is just an example not to um, not to generalize but um, this is a specific example that that might come up and then what happens is we kind of dive into what a healthy relationship might look like because a lot of of them don't might not know that and especially coming from a Latina there is there is gender expectations at the home um, what a woman should be doing in society right that we we shouldn't be rising instead we should just find find a partner and maybe up, um, we know if we're at the if we're at the house like we're going to be cleaning um, even there's a lot of teenagers that clean up after their brothers and so there's these gender expectations that kind of come up that that bring their self-esteem down their self love their self-worth and they don't really acknowledge what they deserve so once they're in the space where they're they're acknowledging what they deserve that to make the huge impact for them because for a long time they don't they feel like they don't deserve and they don't have that voice to voice what they want and need yeah wow yeah. And, you know, I mean, of course,
3: some of the data that I shared earlier, that was that that was just for uh, girls that happen to be exploited and, and to show the trends between these populations. But um, uh, and young girls that are, you know, that are being exploited, what the ways that they might feel about themselves. But I, I have to say that I, I feel like there's a tremendous pressure. Um, like when I look at like your average 13 or 14 year old, there's a tremendous pressure. You got to get your nails done. You got to get your eyebrows waxed. You need to have your your fake lashes. You need to have your hair done, curled. Mm-hmm. Um, you need to, you know, have, you know, brand name this, that, and the other. And it puts a lot of pressure on the parents who can barely keep the roof over the head. And then you need your your iPhone or your Android and it's a thousand dollars. And, you know, and then and 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 who can keep up with that anymore? Mm-hmm. I mean, so that's I think the other pressure that um, our young people are faced with that kind of again, this perfect storm of leading people into the hands of an exploiter says, I got you, I got all that stuff. You need you need your hair done, you need your whatever it is, you yeah. know, mm-hmm. or you need that validation, even you know, you're maybe you're you don't you're not you're underdeveloped, or maybe you you're you don't have that kind of body that's curvy, but And so you feel ashamed that, you know, you don't have the curves or maybe you're very curvy and you feel ashamed. Yeah. You know, so very interesting the way in which these pressures Mm -hmm. are uh, impacting people. And so you're so when you're in session um, with folks, Jennifer, you're you're you know, you're just really providing them that safe place to, to air the things that are on their hearts or on their minds is that
4: yeah and and, and a lot of the times i don't even call it safe place because some of these teens have never felt safe and sometimes even in a room especially if someone has been abused or exploited or or um, molested, being in a room, just sitting with someone else, feeling enclosed, might feel so much for them and a lot might come up for them. And so I think it's really finding that that space, whether it's a safe space, whether it's a peaceful place, maybe it's just a happy place or maybe it's just the place that they want to be in right now. And so it's providing that for them. And it, it's it's kind of like this mental health room that we provide so much for them, um, and hold and just hold a lot of the, the feelings and things that they've been going through. So it's definitely hard for them. And it's honestly, Vanessa, it's the hardest thing is accepting or acknowledging that you want someone to talk to. That's the mm-hmm. biggest thing, and that's why we're putting uh, we're putting us out there. The mental health so real, and that we're, our doors are open. How do you get them to trust you enough to even come? Mm Brid- building bridges i that's the term i like to use but is using my story using the people that we work for so it's you know we have a story so that we go out there not every single person that at one life might have a story um but i think every single person that I've, I've came across we have over hundred therapists everybody yeah. comes from somewhere but i'm seeking specifically for us um the, the bipoc um, therapists and people of color we use our story to build yeah. those bridges and i've seen a huge huge impact from that
3: yeah well I just want to say we're going to take a quick break but I wanted to say it is remarkable in this season that you have over a hundred therapists um, there is such a scarcity of therapy in the Bay Area and so kudos to you and your team for creating a culture that people want to be a part of uh, I think it's it's wonderful we'll, we'll be right back and thanks for listening to Love Never Fails Radio
1: To join in the fight for love, visit loveneverfailsus.com. Don't go away. Love Never Fails Radio will return right after these messages from our sponsors.
5: This is Dr. Miluna Fauch. I am honored to serve on the advisory board of Love Never Fails, where each voice matters as lives are restored. Thank you for your support. Let's face it, you are making a pitch for something every day. Your verbal communication skills are the key to your professional and personal success.
1: Now, here's the host of Love Never Fails Radio, Vanessa Russell.
3: And welcome back to Love Never Fails Radio. We again are in the studio today with Jennifer Bautista. She uh, and I have just been talking all about how to care for, how to better care for people in San Mateo County. And um, and as part of our EPAC uh, coalition, just Grateful for all the things that you're doing, Jennifer, and just wanted to give you an opportunity to share how people might be able to get in touch with you if they want to get started on counseling today.
4: Yeah, of course. And this is such an amazing uh, topic and uh, very important. There's a lot of things that might come up for mental health. So, if there's, and honestly, Vanessa, I just want to point this out that even if there's nothing wrong, maybe you just want to check in with someone and have someone to chat with. Our doors open again. Like I mentioned earlier today, we have over a hundred therapists. This, when I started three years ago, we started about 40, it was 40 of us. And so now we have over a hundred therapists. Um, if someone wants to contact us, they can contact us at our number, which is at our website, but I can give it here is 650-394-5155. Again, it's 650 six five zero three nine four five one five five, or you can search us up on our website, One Life Counseling Center, and our number is there. And we provide also Spanish speaking services. Uh, we have we have groups that are coming up for parents in Spanish. We have fathers group in English. So lots of resources for you to come and uh, check in, and check us out. Wonderful. Thank you, Jennifer. Well, and also I just wanted to share a few
3: things with you. You may be thinking, uh, listening in, and you may have been sort of hit with the um, the topic of human trafficking. And, and maybe you yourself or someone you know has experienced trafficking or um, have a family member that has, and you're thinking, you know, how do I get out? Well, I want you to know that if you have been impacted by any kind of domestic violence, human trafficking or interpersonal violence, um, you may qualify for something that is called VAWA or U visa or a T visa if you are undocumented. And so please do not believe that the anyone telling you that you're illegal, you can't get any help, any support, that is just not true. Um, there is help and support out there. And so I would urge you to reach out. Uh, you can reach out to us and we'll get you referred over to a couple of attorneys that can help you um, start that process of filing for VAWA, U-Visas or T-Visas. And that is Vanessa, V-A-N-E-S-S-A at com. Um, also wanted to make sure you know that in some cases you also qualify for relocation services through victim of crime and so uh, that does involve um, bringing the police into the mix but we have a really great relationship with um, some of the law enforcement agencies there in San Mateo County San Mateo County Sheriff and the East Palo Alto Police Department have been really pushing into this issue and trying to make sure that they're um, in partnership with us to do Um, great, you know, to serve you. And so, again, reach out to us and let's see what we can do. Let's see how we can support you. And there's also loveneverfailsus.com forward slash events where you can learn more about the kind of events that we are hosting. And then lastly, I wanted just to encourage you to go to our uh, website for uh, ongoing updates about what we're doing, loveneverfailsus.com. Go to our Facebook page, Love Never Fails fan page for an up dates our twitter love never fails five and our instagram love never fails us Whew, that was a mouthful all right well i hope you're getting ready for the holidays um i hope that you are uh, learning a little bit with us today and you feel like you can take something away and know uh you know how to navigate with someone who's nearby you right in front of you that might need help and care Um, As I come to a close, I want to just remind you in case you haven't heard it before or you need to hear it again. I want to make sure that you know that you are loved.
1: Thanks for joining us this week on Love Never Fails Radio. We trust that you've been inspired by these stories of hope and love and that you'll accept our challenge to get involved by contacting us at loveneverfailsus.com, by liking and sharing our Facebook page,